Thank you for tuning in to the Fly Mastery Podcast, where our goal is to provide tools, resources, and insights that empowers driven individuals to become the masters of their financial independence journey. I'm Peter Donisanu. And today we're going to talk about why some high-earning individuals find themselves caught in a seemingly unending spiral of saving and spending without making headway to their financial independence goals. To this end, we'll explore the story of one couple, Dave and Beth, who found themselves in this very situation. And we'll also discuss how becoming a master of your financial independence journey might help you become a better financial steward if you or someone you know is caught in a spiral of making a lot of money, but still living paycheck to paycheck. So with that, let's jump into today's podcast. When Frank began practicing bankruptcy law, his average client earned between $8 to $9 an hour. A decade later, his clients increasingly earned six-figure incomes, and Dave and Beth were one of Frank's high-earning clients. At one point, the couple had amassed over $100,000 in credit card debt and were tapping their home equity line of credit to pay for a lifestyle their family simply couldn't afford. Dave's six-figure annual bonus was enough to cover a large part of their outstanding credit card balances, but the debt kept piling up and they had little choice but to seek out Frank's services. But it wasn't always this way for the couple. You know, Dave and Beth had once lived a frugal lifestyle. Beth came from a working-class family that valued making a dollar go as far as it could. One night, Dave offered to take Beth out to Olive Garden for dinner, but Beth insisted that she stop by the grocery store and prepare a meal for the couple instead. Early on in their relationship, Beth drove a car that she received in high school and refused to buy herself a new one until Dave paid off his own car. So what changed over the years? Well, their financial situation began shortly after Dave was transferred to Florida after receiving a big promotion. Following their move, the couple purchased a four-bedroom home in an affluent, gated Orlando community. The purchase was more significant than they had anticipated, yet their house was one of the smallest in the neighborhood. Soon enough, Dave and Beth found themselves surrounded by highly educated, ambitious professionals and entrepreneurs who lived in bigger homes, drove nicer cars, were members of the local country club, and sent their kids to private school. The couple's desire to fit into their new community, coupled with an anticipation of rising future income, led to a spending spiral to keep up with their neighbors. David hoped that by using his annually granted stock options and bonuses, he would be able to maintain his family's spending habits. However, after a short while, Dave and Beth realized that their consumption habits weren't sustainable, and the couple found themselves stuck in a cycle of spending that led them to Frank's office. Now, by the time Dave and Beth met with their attorney, Frank, they barely made minimum payments on their credit cards and were facing the courts taking control of their family's spending. So how did this educated, high-earning couple go from humble means and sound financial stewardship to earning six figures and broke? Well, a lack of financial literacy wasn't necessarily their problem. Recall that Beth had once embodied the value of stretching a dollar and minimizing unnecessary debt. Even so, she and Dave ended up charging $2,000 per month on clothes their family simply didn't need. Dave and Beth's situation is an extreme example of a condition plaguing many high-earning households. You might know someone in a similar situation or maybe have found yourself in the same spot. Either way, this phenomenon is not new. Call it keeping up with the Joneses or hedonic adaptation. Addressing such challenges related to money management and wealth building has been covered in volumes of books and seminars and are the frequent talking points of TV and radio financial gurus. Quick fixes like cutting back on that $5 cup of coffee, avoiding debt altogether, or putting your savings on autopilot are often cited as no-brainer remedies to such spendthrift behavior. Create a budget, develop a financial plan, and stick to it. It's simple, right? Well, many individuals, especially those well-versed in essential financial planning or financial literacy topics, continue to find their financial well-being rising from a level of financial security up to financial freedom and then back down again to living paycheck to paycheck. 
Something must be missing from the equation for Dave and Beth and millions of other families just like theirs struggling to take back control of their financial situation. But what's missing? Quite often, individuals trying to break free of this vicious cycle spend too much time trying to master their money without having a conscious understanding of whose life they're living and how they want their money to make them feel. Indeed, many individuals consciously or unconsciously make financial decisions based on money scripts handed down to them by their family, friends, or society at large. It's go to school, get a high-paying job, buy a house, earn more money, join this club, upgrade your car, live in this neighborhood, not that one, and then buy a bigger house. These outcomes or milestones represent expectations of how we might feel once specific experiences materialize due to our earnings and spending decisions. Now, in Dave and Beth's case, their financial choices were dictated by their newly chosen community members' money scripts. Their seemingly fleeting, unconscious desire for feelings of love, peace, aliveness, freedom, and acceptance led their money led them to pouring their money down a black hole because they were living somebody else's money script. Now, there's nothing wrong with wanting to live in a big house, drive a nice car, or joining a prestigious club. But more to the point, what Dave and Beth's story illustrate is that trying to feel emotionally satisfied by chasing someone else's expectations can prove to be a goal as elusive as trying to rid yourself of that pernicious gopher encountered by Bill Murray's character in the movie Caddyshack. Here again, Dave and Beth's issue didn't revolve around knowing the property money management techniques. Instead, their challenges came down to finding the right set of experiences that satiated deeply held emotional cravings. So by this point, you're probably asking yourself, why are we talking about feelings? Well, the truth is that nearly every single financial decision we make is based on a desire to satisfy a complex set of feelings. There's no doubt that money can make you feel secure when you're using it to pay rent or pay the mortgage. You likely feel comfortable when you stock your refrigerator or your pantry with groceries. Buying your friends a round of drinks at the local bar likely makes you feel accepted. At its core, money represents stored potential to elicit certain feelings throughout the experiences that we can afford. In the book, Your Money or Your Life, author Joe Dominguez writes how money is life energy or something you trade the hours of your life for and is like a mirror that allows you to see yourself. This truth about money is why many high-earning individuals struggle with growing their wealth for the long term. So why is that? Well, when financial problems crop up, these individuals are focused on trying to solve the wrong set of problems. Often the solution of their money problems focuses on learning about new money management techniques. On the contrary, in Dave and Beth's situation, developing a conscious awareness of the kind of experiences that align with their desired feelings, then crafting a money script around those experiences could have helped them master their money. The reality is that few individuals are inclined to think about their feelings. It's easier to look at what's worked for other individuals and try to emulate their lives. While some successful people might appear content on the outside, they may be struggling with as much financial discontentment as Dave and Beth. That's why it's essential to start with the end in mind. Understand how you want your money to make you feel and identify the kind of experiences that will get you there. So how do you determine the fitting types of experiences to pursue? Well, the first step is to understanding what matters most in your life. To this end, George Kinder built his life planning program around answering three vital questions. First, if you had enough money to take care of your needs now and into the future, how would you live your life? Second, if you had five years to live, what would you do with your time? And finally, if you only had 24 hours to live, what did you miss? Who did you not get to be? And what did you not get to do? Answering questions like these have helped many individuals identify vital life experiences worth pursuing and at the same time gain control over their finances and live more rewarding lives. So why does this approach work? Well, science has shown that intrinsically oriented goals or those goals that come from within are more likely to be achieved and produce long-lasting emotional satisfaction. On the other hand, extrinsic pursuits, or those that focus on goals like getting a promotion, buying a new car, or losing a few pounds, don't work as well. 
In fact, studies have shown that while such reward-pursuing behavior can produce results in the near term, their value tends to diminish over time and turns up to speed on that hedonic treadmill. Indeed, pursuing experiences with the intent of eliciting a specific set of feelings that matter most to you is, by its very nature, an intrinsic goal. So how can you make an experience-oriented approach applicable to your life? Well, spending time with Kinder's three questions is one way to start. But what's more helpful, however, is developing a framework in which you could put your thoughts, actions, and choices into a broader context. And one approach to consider is becoming a master of your financial independence journey. So how do you become a master of your financial independence journey? Well, in the simplest terms, financial independence represents a state of financial well-being where you have enough money to pursue experiences that are of utmost value to you. Unless you're already retired or anticipating a financial windfall, becoming financially independent requires a daily discipline of creating, growing, and preserving financial wealth. Now, considering the journey itself, the path to mastery, and that's financial independence, it forces you to think outside of the constraints of your money scripts presented to you by other people. Indeed, pursuing those experiences that satisfy feelings core within your value system can activate higher levels of intrinsic motivation and potentially reduce the yo-yo effect of unconscious spending. What's more, the journey itself becomes transformative. For example, each step in the wealth building process, the creating, growing, preserving wealth, serves an explicit role in helping you move toward financial independence. Each of these steps requires you to learn disciplines that enable you to build wealth for the long term. And because the knowledge you're gaining serves an intrinsically defined purpose, its application likely will have a more profound effect on your achieving financial independence than learning money management techniques simply for the sake of knowledge. When it comes down to it, many individuals see their financial choices as discrete win-lose outcomes. And more often than not, people play the game of life simply not to lose. They settle for comfort rather than striving for goal they may fail at. They're looking for quick fixes, temporary relief to get them through the day. While this approach may work initially, a deliberate lack of understanding of what intrinsically motivates you might leaving you feeling stuck in a perpetual cycle of earning and spending more, but making little headway towards a long-term financial goal. Whether you're earning six figures and broke like Dave and Beth, or simply trying to take control of your finances, learning a new financial management technique, determining your retirement number, or some material outcome or achieving some material outcome may not be the approach you need. What might suit your situation better, however, is reframing your relationship with money, rewriting your money scripts, and becoming the master of your financial independence journey. To be sure, endeavoring to master your financial independence journey sets the stage for defining the kind of essential life experiences you want to experience. Better yet, the journey might ultimately transform you into a fitter financial steward with less stress than you'd imagined. Well, that's it for now. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the Phi Mastery Podcast. To learn more about our research, visit us at phimastery.com or email us at questions at franklinmadisonadvisors.com. Until next time, I'm Peter Donisanu, wishing you and yours abundant health and prosperity as you pursue your own financial independence journey. Five Mastery Podcast is brought to you by Franklin Madison Advisors, Inc. Franklin Madison Advisors is a registered investment advisor firm with its registration and principal place of business in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Registration of an investment advisor does not imply a certain level of skill or training. This commentary and forecast are limited to the dissemination of general information pertaining to Franklin Madison Advisors' investment advisory services and general economic and market conditions and are subject to change without notice. The information shared today is not intended to be personal, legal, investment, or tax advice or a solicitation to buy or sell any security or engage in a particular investment strategy. For additional information about Franklin Madison Advisors, including fees and services, please contact Franklin Madison Advisors or refer to the Investment Advisor Public Disclosures.